Hi, and welcome back to Cheeky Crypto. My name is Nick. And my name is Chris. And Nick, let's get into it. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, guys, today we are going to hopefully have a pretty chilled out, relaxing stream. Uh, we obviously are going to be taking a look to see what's been going on with the markets. We'll have a look to see where that market capitalization is, uh, how Bitcoin has been performing today, how those altcoins have also been performing. Uh, we'll get into some charts. We'll have a little talk around uh, some of those uh, charts that you want us to look at. And yeah, hopefully it'll be, you know, chilled out, relaxed, nothing too strenuous, guys, as we do get into this stream. If you find it useful, informative, maybe even entertaining at times, then do go ahead and hit that like button. We both really do appreciate that. And of course, if you happen to be new to the channel and you'd like to stay up to date with those new cryptocurrencies, the hidden gems, the technical analysis and news, then of course, go ahead and subscribe. By subscribing, you will be kept up to date with absolutely everything we do here. Hit the bell, tap on all, and you won't miss a single video. Right, um, Chris, anything else you want to add before we jump into the kind of, you know, market capitalization? Well, I was just going to say that the most important thing, if you, you do want to be uh, kept notified, according to YouTube, is selecting all on the notifications. And uh, the reason why I kind of just wanted to, to bring that up is we've got less than 20% of uh, people that I have sort of clicked the bell have uh, selected all notifications according to the analytics in YouTube. So um, if you're wondering why you're not getting all of the uh, notifications, it's probably because you've selected personal. Um, for some reason, uh, YouTube then becomes ultra selective about what they do and what they do not send you. But I guess based on what you watch, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Let's, um, let's jump on down and get into some you know, crypto talk. Yeah, probably good to talk about Bitcoin, right? It's probably a good day to talk about Bitcoin. Uh, it's obviously, you know, been performing well uh, or, you know, has had a bit of a recovery. Uh, well would be a, a bit of an understatement. But um, yeah, let's get into this, right? So we obviously have uh, market capitalization. Let me just zoom on in here of $1.1 trillion. Okay, so it has come down significantly. Um, and again, you know, this represents what's been going on generally across the entire market. We have trading volume today of $46.3 billion. Bitcoin's dominance, guys. Bitcoin's dominance is at 63.2, according to this. I'm not so sure I can buy this, so I'm going to have a look at that independently and see what's coming up there. Ethereum at 25.1. Um, market cap, coin market cap has been a bit off today, so we'll have to just verify all of these numbers in a little bit more detail. Um, Cryptocurrencies, those there are 10,419. Uh, and of course, that's a lot of cryptocurrency. So some of them would be fantastic, absolute hidden gems that doing some solid research on is going to yield you some very juicy returns. Of course, some of them are the polar opposite. They were only ever created to part you with your hard earned money. So it's important that that same research that you've done to find those gems is applied to those ones that are not so good. Uh, and in a part of doing that, you're going to discover some fantastic things and uh, some potential projects that you want to stay away from as well. Um, so again, no one can do this for you, right? You can pay attention to one, two, three, or maybe even four different influences. Ultimately, the decision to invest is your own, and therefore it's your research that matters. Um, so again, guys, make sure you do your due diligence. Right, with that said, let's zoom on out here. And again, coin market caps had a lot of problems with the APIs, so I'm not 100% confident on what we're seeing here, um, specifically when you start seeing this volatility in some of these cryptocurrencies. With this being said, you know, let's take a look at what's going on. We have Bitcoin here at 5.8% in the green. We've got Ethereum at 4.2, we've got ADA at 4%. 
We've got uh, XRP at 2.9. Polkadot, real good move here for 16.2. 5% for Litecoin, 8% for Chainlink, 7% for Theater. Uh, we have, um, let's say Stellar, pretty flat here at 0.04. We've got VeChain at 3.2. We've got 1.5 for Algorand. We've got 2.6 for Avalanche, 5.9 for Hedera, 6.7 Zcash, 7% uh, Elrond. Um, Zillow here has 4.5, Harmony is 3.9, The Graphs is at 3.6, we've got Anchor at 2.2, V4 at 4.1, Fetch AI at 7.4, AGIX down 2.6, we've got Poly at 2.4, DSLA at uh, 6.3 in the green, API 3 down 9.3, we've got 13.4% in the green for Solve. Uh, again, I'm um, not 100% confident on these, so we have to be quite mindful of that. Uh, we've got Silo here at 5.4, um, and again, ShopX at the bottom here, it's 9.6. Um, so some of these uh, potentially are incorrect, guys. It's all we kind of have at the moment. So we'll have to obviously have a little look at the charts, which will give us a bit more of an accurate picture as to what is actually going on. But right now, uh, yeah, market capitalization being where it is doesn't feel right. Um, and also, um, you know, the trading volume doesn't feel right either. Bitcoin dominance, I'm pretty certain, isn't really that high. So again, a lot of the stuff in coin market cap today is a little bit off, uh, as as we were saying earlier. Um, Chris, is there anything else that you kind of want to talk about in terms of, you know, coin market cap and just general projects today? So Peter's saying the uh, Bitcoin dominance is at 45.57%. So yeah, you're right in what you're saying Uh the, the stats don't look accurate at the moment, obviously, with the issues that, that they're having. I think, uh, yeah, it's it, it's interesting, right? You know, we've got people in the live chat saying, you know, is everyone bullish today? Mm -hmm. um, for me, like, we, we're still bullish. We've always been kind of bullish. Um, but with that said, you know, I don't know. It just makes me a little bit nervous uh, with uh, Bitcoin. Is this just you know, going to be a little pump and then we're going to retrace back down. Um, I'm expecting more sideways action, if I'm honest, before we sort of go into to a really good sort of positive swing up. But I don't know if that aligns to, to your way of thinking, Nick. Well, we can get into the Bitcoin chart and I can show you what I can see uh, in the data here for Bitcoin because, you know, it is interesting. So let's let's get into Bitcoin first and then we'll go before, into a few ways. Oh, you want to see? Before you actually get that up on the screen, there's yeah. Simon's here um could this be a pump before the um death cross uh, before going up going death cross everyone keeps talking about this death cross still my nut <laughs> <laughs> it really is it's quite a funny one um okay let's 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 get into that okay yeah um, we do definitely we definitely need to get into this death cross uh crap for sure <laughs> okay bitcoin usdt daily chart and binance is the data source okay um we can obviously see the volumes here on the daily chart and a lot of people were saying that the volumes are a little bit off these actually look pretty relatively stable considering with the volumes of what was happening over here on the way up compared to everything else it actually looks pretty okay from a volume point of view because that's one of the things i've been seeing a lot today the volumes aren't there how is bitcoin doing this uh, blah 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 the volumes here actually seem not too bad on uh on this daily chart um but i am going to turn them off for now and what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at uh at those emas right because this is um you know, actually, it's not even the image. Let's take a look at these two, right? This is the death cross that's approaching, right? The fast approaching um, 50 crossing the 200, the death cross, right? But with this recent move here, guys, we can take a look at this. What do we think is likely to happen with these paths? Um, are we actually going to start to see something, you know, vastly different 
Um, and are we actually going to start to see this thing potentially actually lift up a little bit and uh, miss the cross altogether? It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but again, something that's really important to bear in mind with these death crosses is ultimately you get the pump up, uh, usually after it's actually crossed, before you get the fall down, because there's a delayed uh, reaction, right? Um, so this pump here isn't related, at least in my opinion, to the death cross itself. First of all, the death cross would have to happen and then you'd get the pump up before you get the uh, fallout of the cross. Um, so again, this is just basically because we're really, really low on our relative strength index. Um, specifically, when you take a look at it at the hourly view, right? So where we were all the way down here, right? During this point of time yesterday, there was nowhere else to go but up. Okay, so uh, when you're at the bottom here, you have to go up and uh, that's exactly what you saw over here. We went into the overbought area and then you're having this uh, pullback right now. So in terms of, uh, of what's actually gone on here with Bitcoin is it was basically oversold to a place where it couldn't get oversold anymore. I mean, it could have fallen down a little bit further, but the likelihood was that it wasn't going to happen. Uh, and again, this is coupled with support lines and things like that. And right now, during this particular run to the upside here, this is the hourly, right? We can see those Bollinger Bands where they were really getting squeezed and pushed into this particular channel here, just in this point. Um, so obviously, we we're having that break up to the upside. We found this resistance line. We actually pushed right the way through this. Um, that was the 37,900, so about 38K. Uh, we turned that into a support line, okay? And then obviously found that upper boundary here, which came in about 40K. We pushed on up. But at this point here, we are overbought. And we've had this pullback now. Ultimately, we are um, you know finding a little bit of support just here. So I'm going to quickly just mark that up on here as well for for Bitcoin, uh, and we can see that is basically the closing position of this candle here and the open of this one. And then we obviously found this resistance line uh, a couple of times over here, and this is where we've fallen back to. But obviously, we can fall back down towards that uh, 38k area, and obviously, that's going to have a nice impact on that relative strength index, and everything is going to start moving up. So again, things are looking pretty reasonable when it comes to Bitcoin uh, in in right here, right? So things are not too bad. We found good support uh, potentially here at 39,500, falling down to about 30. Uh, 8k is also an option and uh, again it could potentially be a good strong support line so again yeah we'll watch that one see how that one plays out but uh, right now things are looking pretty pretty good for bitcoin on that front uh, and again yeah it's always important to have an understanding as to where things are likely to go so you know it's important that we obviously bring up the um, you know, Fibonacci retracement tools on where things are likely to go to obviously some of these major areas on this correction wave to the upside and there's several things that are probably worth um, also just bring it up as well. So we're going to delete that one off for a second. Um, so when it comes to um, corrections, so that we have this one here coming down to this downside, uh, what we'll do is we'll grab hold of our Fibonacci, right? So we're going to grab that, pop it onto here, push this down to, to that low point. And then here we can see that the consolidation was happening. Let me just make this a little bit bigger. Okay, so right here we can see that we were pushed right down. We went up, but we found that it was upper resistance at the 786. We we're unable to get a close through it. We had the pullback. And then at this point, we broke through that 786. Passing that 786 was going to indicate it to push us further forward. So right now, you can obviously see exactly what was going on here on that sort of smaller time scale for the Fibonacci. And this is the tactic that you would have used to say that you're going to fall down, right? Failure to come past this line here does indicate that you're going to pull back, but we set a higher low on this shorter time frame. Um, so again, you're going to push up. And again, what you saw here was a break of the 786 pushing up through those boundary levels. So again, on that level, it looks, actually looks okay. Let me just um, go back to uh, some of those previous areas. Um, let me just get that up there. Cool. Let me uh, go back in and zoom out here. 
So again, what we're now looking for is where, how high can this thing actually potentially go, right? Um, so what we do is we grab that Fibonacci again. This time we're gonna pop it onto that high point down to our low point. And again, this is indicated with um, what we think of the Bitcoin dominance and also what we think about when we look at the stock to flow model where things are likely to go. The first price target here comes in at 86K. And again, this is the, the price target that many people in this space have. Um, you know, specifically for Bitcoin as in terms of a first price target. It's always been around that 85K level. Um, and again, some people obviously talk about the 100K. And again, those things are the net pair 121, 156 and 178, right? Um, so again, the, the kind of Fibonacci's are indicating that our fifth wave is going to be up towards that level there. Um, up, moving up towards that 200k level now um, very very bullish uh, scenario here not bearish and I know a lot of people are worried about you know this death cross that's looming but with the direct trajectory of um, this 50 uh, you know moving average versus the 200 I think the 200 is likely to go dip down and the 50 is likely to go back up to the upward side so um, ultimately I see this actually not actually happening um, so we'll have to see how that plays out in the next few days or so I think it's going to get close but I don't I'm not 100% confident it's actually going to cross so we'll have to see that one and see how that plays out but uh, yeah Bitcoin is not too bad Chris not too bad at the moment yeah and obviously you know we could be we could be wrong right you know who knows what's going to happen there's plenty of uh, market manipulation so for, for me I, I kind of feel like they're just trying to keep it in a channel maybe we just got out of that channel a little bit or some maybe we're somewhere near the the top of that channel um but for for me ultra bullish where we're going this year yeah, I mean, we're partway through the uh, bull run. Uh, I can't make that any clearer with all the technical information that we do have. Um, there's lots of things that haven't happened yet um, in terms of, you know, death crosses look like they're going to happen, but they haven't actually happened yet. And again, when that cross happens, you will get a boost in price before any potential fallout. So we're watching that closely. Um, but again, you know, ultimately partway through the bull run, you can see that with a stock to flow, you can see Bitcoin dominance just mirroring what's happened previously. So right now, yeah, I'm pretty confident in the space. We have been all the way through this uh, fourth wave that we've kind of been speaking about going into wave five for the second half of the year. So things are looking okay. Yeah, and you're getting more adoption for, for cryptocurrency all around the world. Tanzania now open to, to you know, well, their central bank is uh, open to, to di digital currency and uh, cryptocurrency and all that sort of jazz. Obviously, we've seen everything with, with Bitcoin recently uh, and the adoption that, you know, that's having. For, for me, it's, it's interesting, right? There's lots of, lots of FUD going on in the space and... Uh, yeah, I think it's just to get people to part with their Bitcoin. Um, you know, let us know what you think, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> we're just giving you our opinions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, yeah, we're, we're bullish based on the on the data. The data isn't really lying. It's uh, um, it's up for interpretation. It could be manipulated. Um, but the way that I'm looking at it, it looks pretty good to me. We've got um, Bitcoin's fear and greed index, guys. Uh, I'll bring this up on the screen here because, you know, since we're talking about Bitcoin and how narratives change so quickly, Bitcoin has gone from the most fear, feared asset to the most best kind of, you know, AI driven um, asset that you can have, right? It's got an A2 rating now. There's no fear in Bitcoin right this moment in time. So that's an interesting move. We have got uh, risk to rewards with a grade D though. Um, so we're mindful of what's going on there. I imagine that's going to change shortly. You can start to see that green line here just moving up a little bit um, when it comes to uh, to that. We obviously do have uh, a liquidity issue with Bitcoin. Uh, again, it's still represented here within the graph data, but again, slightly uh, looking to improve that shortly. So again, that's not too bad. Profitability from a return on investment still doing very 
very well at an A1 rating. Um, and again, up here, B2 um, for the peak end value. So again, things here, other than the kind of the sharp ratio, which looks like it's probably affected both by the liquidity and the moving average elements, um, both the fear, so it's actually more greed that uh, sits there with Bitcoin at the moment. The peak end value demand is up there at B2, and we have uh, return on investment up at A1. So it's basically a 50-50 mix here across these six indicators that we have for Bitcoin. Um, the sharp ratio is looking like it's getting corrected, so I imagine that's going to be moving up tomorrow uh, during the next snapshot on, from the AI here. And, and again, that liquidity, you know, I think there's a lot going on. Uh, clearly with some some of these places that are potentially causing some issues with liquidity across many of the uh, of the different altcoins as well. So I uh, wouldn't be too surprised if there's something that will be announced shortly in terms of what's going on here with Bitcoin and their liquidity. But otherwise, yeah, I'm yeah pretty confident on, on things that are going on here. Yeah, the other thing to mention is Elon's been back at it, hasn't he? Um, hmm. But more from, a, more from a, maybe he's acquired some more Bitcoin, I don't know. Uh, possibility perhaps um but yeah he's come out and obviously said that you know if it's proven that you know green it's, it's green green energy that's utilized that um tesla you know will be open to to you know selling you know their cars for for bitcoin uh it still goes so, back to the original problem though who would do that <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it, I guess it depends on what lens you look through, because, I mean, half of these batteries end up on landfill sites anyway. So, I mean, how, um, you know, green a Tesla anyway, really. Um, but, you know, that's probably a different sort of conversation, isn't it? Um, so, right. Should we um, sort of get into to some of the, the live chat, Nick? Absolutely. Get into the live chat. Let's see how everyone's doing. Um, you know, Lamborghini to open up a new dealership in El Salvador. <laughs> Go for it. Let's get into the live chat. See what's going on. Love it. Um, but for, before we do, uh, we're interviewing... Um... What are you oh. going to forget? No, no, no. Marcelo, um, from, who's the, the CEO of Singularity Dow. Uh, so we've got that interview to, tomorrow, uh, which is really interesting when we talk about sentiment and, and stuff like that, because um, I think one of their the, one of the metrics that they look at is actually the impact um, and uh, you know the sentiment in the market. So they their AI goes and looks at all the socials, right, and sees sees what people uh, are sort of looking at. And I think um, from what I've seen previously is actually negative um sentiment doesn't move the price down massively however positive sentiment moves the price up significantly apparently um so i'm led to believe so that's going to be a really interesting interview that we've got lined up um tomorrow i don't think we're going to drop the video tomorrow but the interview is tomorrow and um, so if you've got any questions we're kind of finalizing those this evening so if you've got any questions uh dm me on twitter uh, quite happy to, to pose some of those questions that the community has um you know, for Singularity Net DAO. Um, we are going to be following up with another interview uh, with Ben from Singularity Net. Um, so we're going to do the Singularity DAO first. Um, so yeah, um, exciting times. We're getting some really big interviews. We've had Harmony One. That was a really good one. Um, lots on their roadmap and uh, lots of talk around, you know, what they're doing and, um, you know, some of the really exciting things that are happening in the real world. Uh, off the back of it so yeah do check that one out if you haven't seen it but let's get into the live chat nick <laughs> i'm just babbling on um right okay let's have a look see what we've got um 
I'm unable to to upgrade my membership. So I think Nick, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You go to the channel page, don't you, to to upgrade, and there should be a button to upgrade. Is that right? Um, yeah, I mean, it should just be the join button, uh, and then you should be able to choose from there. But I can't really remember the process off the top of my head. I'd have to physically yeah. go through it to, to make sure. But I'm pretty certain that's the way you would go. Go about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you just go to the join button, although you've already joined, and then I think it just ask you. To, to upgrade potentially um yeah take a look at that if not if you're still struggling dm me on twitter and uh i'll, I'll contact youtube and find out what's crack lacking um harmony one uh can we have a look at harmony one nick yeah sure let's um let's get into a bit of harmony uh but let me just zoom on out of this um cool okay let's get it Let's do it. Right, here we have Harmony 1 to the USDT. Daily chart, Binance is the data source. Um, right, we're going to just quickly remove some of this stuff that we don't need to see. Let's get this cleaned up a little bit. Right, so um, straight away we have uh, the zoomed out version of this daily chart. We obviously can see uh, the Elliott wave theory here, five waves um, moving to the upside. Now, we obviously have wave one uh, started in the crash of March 2020 through to a peak here of August of 2020, pulling that down towards the end of the year, December, and um, bottomed out wave two, which was quite flat. It took basically uh, all the way from August to the end of December to kind of get that correction completed. Since then, we has enjoyed wave three, which took us to the upside and peaked out in March of 2021. Um, and then we had correction four, which is uh, potentially where we still are. Whereas I'm pretty confident we won't drop down too much further. Um, it's always possible. So we have this little yellow box here just indicating where things may actually go back down to in the future. Um, so with that being said, though, uh, wave two was flat. So wave four was sharp. Um, and basically from March crash, uh, the low of March 2020 through to the peak of wave three, Harmony has risen 18,943%. So some pretty good gains if you are an early adopter of the fantastic project that is Harmony. And of course, um, since uh, buying at the top of potentially wave three and enduring, I guess, the uh, correction wave four, you've lost about 74%, which is a pretty steep amount. Now, with that being said, however, uh, ultimately, um, wave four here is approximately the 40% correction that you would expect to happen of wave three during this run. So um, from wave two to three, you would expect to lose 40% of that typically during wave four. And uh, that's pretty much where, roughly where we are right now. So again, it could pull back a little bit on our trend line here, moving to the upside, but I don't think that's going to be the case so much. Uh, we obviously have our yellow box. We've had five attempts pushing through this, and we'll get into that in a detail in a moment. Um, and again, that's obviously going through that yellow box does tick us into wave five, which has this thing kind of put out there towards that dollar level. Okay, let's um, zoom on in here a little bit and see what's been going on in a little bit detail as we take a look at this Fibonacci retracement. So now we know what's going on in the bigger picture, we can take a look at some of those micro movements that everyone seems to get so focused in on. What is going on right now? Um, so ultimately, we can see that we have had five attempts to push through this yellow box, but we failed each time and we have had a pullback. And again, this is something you'd expect to happen when you fail to get through this area. Now, we obviously have found support uh, a couple of times on this journey. And most recently, the low support here was at 7.9 cents. We are just above the support line right now. So again, we're looking to move up to the resistance line of 9.1. This will be a bit of a battle, but if we do get past there, we can turn that to support once again and then push on into our yellow box for another attempt to push on through it. 
with all this being said, you know, Harmony One has the potential to do this. And if it can kind of get into this box and close above it, we'll be in a very good strong position moving on out. Now, as a part of this, we do have a bit of a triangular wedge forming. We have that upward trend that we were talking about earlier that was set from the March crash. Um, and basically we had that breakout through PKM wave um, in, into wave three here, the correction potentially could bounce down off of this line. But ultimately what we're looking at is this squeezed area here and um, towards the end of the year. So again, um, during this correction four and going into five, we're looking for a breakout of this downward trend area and that will really help push us on above. So right now, this is the yellow box that we're looking to close above. I'm just gonna drag that above and across this yellow line. So we have an idea that this box is what we wanna get through, but we also wanna get through this downward trend and invalidate it. And obviously if we are to fall back anywhere, we do have this upward trend that we also be working um, yeah, working for us as well. So again, Harmony One is not too bad on this short-term view either. Now what we could do is we'll just take this one step lower. We'll go into that hourly view. And here we can see, again, depending on what your kind of perspectives are, at what kind of investment levels you're doing and all that kind of stuff, you can see lots of different trends, lots of different patterns on different time stamps. Okay, so we like to really focus in on the dailies and how you zoom out so you can see exactly what is going on from a macro picture and where things are going to be going uh, in the longer term. Uh, and again, you know, if you're really just thinking about the here and now and you want instant money, then you're probably going to be looking at the hourly or the 15 minute charts and things like that. But I rarely look at these things because they get invalidated very, very fast. And you have to be watching these things like a hawk to take advantage of them. With that being said, obviously, we can see here this support line that was invalidated and we just come above it. And again, we would be looking to actually find the support here. Um, so a potential pullback in a little bit um, to bring this uh, into a support area. Now, right now, we can obviously see that the register strength index was high we got to the point of almost being overbought and we have had a pullback right now and this is currently resting at about 50 so again it has the potential to pull back but also has the potential to move to the upside so in either way this could potentially go um you know in our favor or against us a little bit here ultimately a pullback would put us in a stronger position um rather than having the the push to the upside only to then fall back down later okay so sometimes i much prefer to see the pullback sooner Hit the find the support first and then from the support take the move to the upside but with that being said this is again it's a short time frame um, and again you know this isn't going to be the best kind of uh, way to show you what's going to happen now we can obviously see some patterns here we can obviously say that there are going to be downward trends within this so we can obviously see that there is a downward trend formed right here okay we can see that there and again we could also say that there is an upward trend forming right here and again this gives us a bit of a target and a bit of an expectation to say that within a certain amount of hours, we're likely to see either a breakdown or a breakup, right? Um, so it's pretty easy to see this. And again, this is, uh, comes in about two days time. We'll know definitively which one of those trends is going to be the stronger one. Uh, and again, we'll be able to know for sure uh, what Harmony next steps would be. Would it be to the upside or would it be to find something, some kind of support on the downside? Okay, so again, we'll be mindful of what goes on within these smaller time frames. But again, uh, it's all really about that bigger picture and having the, the kind of vision to be able to see what's likely to happen as a part of the bigger picture rather than just focusing in on the here and now. Timestamps are very, very important. Sometimes you find people only taking a look at the four hourly or the hourly, uh, or maybe even lower than that. And uh, you don't get a good accurate representation of what is going on. Uh, you need to really be zooming out to at least the daily. Sometimes it's even better to go ahead and actually bring this up into a weekly. Uh, and again, this is gonna show you a whole host of new kind of patterns and new things that make it super, super clear what is going on okay so sometimes it's so much better to really um take a moment and zoom out sounds fantastic nick thank you just uh 
mucking about with my screens. Sorry. <laughs> Back on track. So yeah, bullish on 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 Harmony. Uh, love this project. The the interview. If you didn't check it out, do check it out. It was really uh, insightful. And um, yeah, there's lots of really exciting things that they're working on. You know, you've got the bridge with Bitcoin, which is going to be really interesting. Um, all sorts of different uh, wonderful things. So if you didn't see that one, do check it out. It's on the channel. Well, we dropped it a couple of days ago. Um, so definitely check that one. Um, VeChain, Nick. People talking about VeChain. VeChain. Yeah, I like VeChain. You like VeChain? I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's your biggest bag. It is my biggest bag. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, VeChain... Okay. Should I get into it? Yeah, one second. Let me just. I've got the the camera from out the front on. Uh, uh, that's all I can hear is my little girl just running around the front garden. Oh dear. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's get into it. Okay, guys. Here we have VeChain, and again, zoomed out. Uh, we are on the weekly time frame here. Here you can very clearly see exactly what is going on from that Elliott wave. And, uh, you know, potentially there, there was a potential to go a little bit lower than where wave four ended. Um, but actually it, it is where it is, right? So that's actually a pretty good position and we can start to see where wave five is likely to go. So on a zoomed out version like this on this weekly chart, it really does take away some of the noise and it really helps you get clarity over where things are likely to go. And um, what we're gonna do is pull this into our daily view. Okay, and what we're gonna do is just talk about, I guess ultimately what we saw happening here um, recently actually I'm gonna start with um, because I need to delete these off so I'm just gonna start with the hourly um, because yesterday I think it was yesterday Chris that we actually put the video out um, detailing out what was going on when it came to uh, VeChain uh, ultimately we did a video I think uh, early in the morning uh, around this time here when we were thinking, saying that ultimately we're gonna have a breakout it looked like we we're gonna be moving to the upside and that we we're gonna have the break to the upside right that's what we thought instead what we ended up seeing was a breakdown first and then this break up to the upside okay so actually it kind of ticked uh, quite a few different boxes all at the same time there was a breakdown first that was then followed by a breakout uh, obviously we had the support line down here we didn't get to and then obviously we were saying there had to be a back test now we found that back test it didn't come down very low um, let me just grab hold of my horizontal ray here you can see that it actually came to this area just here so we can see all these wicks uh, of this area this is where we came back to this is the back test that was the support line okay and then we continued that breakout to the upside finding that upper area of resistance up at 11.5 and this is a key area because this is where we were battling before and you can see this happening over here before we broke out and broke back down with bitcoin also correcting right so we know this upper area here was an area that we were finding lots of resistance we also found a good support here at 11.2 we found this today but we all broken down a little bit lower than that as well today so right now we are looking to continue that motion to the upside and get back into this sweet spot between 11.2 and 11.5 of vchain and um, so again watching this we obviously have good support down here at 10.7 got uh, resistance at 11.2 and 11.5 11.5 being the key one that we want to get past now with that being said i'm going to go ahead and now delete all these out because uh, we've kind of explained what's been going on there now obviously there is a new trend forming as always there's always going to be a new for uh, new form of trend on these lower time frames including this hourly so we had the breakdown here and again i can extend this up and you can kind of see that it's kind of continued a little bit, right? Um, so there was this breakdown just here. Uh, we then moved quickly above it. 
uh, wicked down a little bit lower here, but then this wick found it again. So um, I'm going to leave that there, but it does really need to be reconsidered. Um, again, these, these trend lines are not the best things in the world, but there they are there for now. So uh, again, you can see here on this shorter time screen exactly what the expectations are with VeChain at this point here. Um, but personally, I feel that this upward trend is going to be invalidated soon. And there's a couple of reasons for this. One, obviously where we are with this relative strength index at 52, it does have plenty of room to grow on the upside here, but uh, ultimately has loads of room to also decline as well. And considering where Bitcoin is, Bitcoin is potentially going to start dragging some of these altcoins down as it has a bit of a correction itself okay and um, so it's going to be important to see this kind of come back down towards this level here and in doing so we might actually see vchain just invalidate this line once again and it might not be too far it might just be that it actually just pulls it down you know a little bit maybe it pulls it down into that kind of frame there and we can start setting a new kind of trend but we'll have to see how that one goes and um, for now i will leave it here and we'll have to see how that plays out and um, so again i think there is more likely that we're going to fall down a little bit before we get some um, momentum back to the upside when it comes to vchain i think that's going to be driven from a bitcoin perspective uh, okay right with that said let's go back up into our daily and pull this back down again so we obviously have a vision here of what is going on with that kind of smaller time frame but again what we're aiming for is this yellow box up here this yellow box is indicating uh, our 618 our 702 and our 786 area this is the thing that we want to push on through getting past here is going to really put us in a nice strong position to take vchain to the next level okay and again you know this is going to be something that's going to be a bit of a gradual process there's lots of resistance on this journey to the upside um it's not going to be a straight line you're not going to go straight up there it's going to take quite a while under the thought um, ultimately we are thinking that uh, wave five is going to be you know towards the end of the year so we've got months of work yet to go ahead and get us over there we're going in mind that the the parabolic moment will only come at the end of the bull run um so you'll be good motions i see us potentially going up towards the kind of 60 to 70 cent area um very very slowly and then once we get past that i think uh, towards the end of the bull run everything will go a bit nuts and go parabolic um and that's where we'll see that dollar level finally come in and again guys we have that kind of scoped out here within our fibonacci one dollar and one cent um, and again, you know, depending on what else happens in the space here, Wave 5 potentially has, uh, you know, has the ability to go a little bit higher. Um, but for me personally, I want to see a few things get hit first. Obviously, there's a couple of key levels on this Fibonacci one, 42 cent, uh, 64 cent. Uh, 87 and then obviously a dollar right so for me what i'm looking for and i've said this pretty much for quite a while now 50 cents is a key area i want to see what happens in this key area here so midway point between the 1.618 and the 2.618 and these are the areas that i want to see i want to see what happens at 50 cent right because 50 cents is going to be a psychological barrow so i want to see what happens here what happens to the technicals what and uh, you know if there's anything else fundamentally that goes on at this point as well i mean obviously there's loads of fundamentals when it comes to vchain there's very few projects that have as much going on um, as uh, as VeChain, so um, it'd be interesting to see what else they deliver. Obviously, we're seeing the IVF uh, with my baby and all that kind of stuff going on recently. We obviously have all the fantastic things that they're doing uh, in Cyprus, uh, and obviously, you know, many other countries around the world as well. So, yeah, I think there's going to be some fantastic news that will see potentially change and adapt the data here and the technicals as well. Um, Chris, is there anything else that you want to kind of add on the VeChain front? I don't really feel like there's really much more I can I can add. You know, we, we talk about the fundamental side of things. It's awesome. The team's brilliant and, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I just kind of feel like I'm, I'm just saying the same stuff all the time. So I think, yeah, nothing really to, to add, Nick. Solid project, my biggest bag. Um, ultra confident in, in VeChain uh, on the long term. Uh, as well as the short term, I kind of feel like if, if it does dip down, for me, that's just an opportunity. And I guess it, it is what lens you look through right uh if you're just looking to make a quick buck 
and uh, you know, and maybe the volatility isn't going to quite be for, for for yourself. I mean, it's quite easy for people to get addictive in, uh, addicted in the uh, crypto space, right? Um, sucks you in, making all the profits, go on a bit of a run. Uh, and then spits people out. So it's one of those, isn't it, Nick? There's a lot of terminology as well. I, I hear it with different uh, influences in the space. You know, they, they reference things um, that almost sounds like betting language. Okay, if your mm. approach is, is gambling on these things, then this is just simply not going to be for you. Um, you. You have to have an investment mindset when it comes to cryptocurrency. Otherwise, you're going to, uh, you know, if you go in with that betting attitude, and you're going to be putting cheeky bets on things that is only going to end badly. Um, you know, it's, you might as well go down the casino at that point. Um, so yeah, it's important that you kind of have the investor's mindset rather than a gambler's mindset. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I mean, just look at how many, uh, different projects there are in this space, right. And it's only going to get bigger. It's not going to get smaller, particularly in the, the, the shorter time frame uh, in which I'm sort of talking about to, to be honest, long term like ultra long term you know most of these aren't going to be around right but in the short term you know you look at how many projects there are most of them i think i saw a statistic that 70 percent actually fail uh currently so you know it, it's interesting when you you look at some of the statistics sort of outside of um what you would normally sort of read up on and and look at and it's clear that it's an emotional market. It's still a very small market. So you've got the volatility. You've now got the institutions coming in that, you know, before they even got in, they were looking at how much money it would take to move the, the needle on Bitcoin, for example. We saw that with Bank of America. So, you know, there's only one reason why they're doing that, and that is to, to, to move the needle. Otherwise, why would you look at it? And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're seeing that with with some of the price movements and, and stuff like that. And um, I guess there's lots of people in their basement on YouTube, talking about you know different indicators and how important they are, and um, for for me, it's one of those. I guess they're all important to to a point. It's just how you digest the information in which it's given you, and uh, yeah, it's one of those. Everybody seems to be an expert. Hate to hear. Yeah, um, but yeah, people do you know need to to like what you said, Nick. Look at you know what what is. Uh, you know what is a project about what is it that they're doing in the real world how are they going to be successful you know what's on their roadmap what's on their plan how good is the tech is it sort of backed up you know with papers and uh, all that side of things or is it just you know gonna not not do very well the tech isn't particularly good actually the team hasn't got experience um all that sort of stuff and i don't think people look at that currently um and you know that's that's dangerous. It is a form of gambling if you just you know just like the name of a project. So I'm going to go with that one. Um, and I hear that a lot. Hmm. Super. Anything you want to add, Nick? No, I mean you know ultimately, uh, yeah. I think you've got to have the right frame of mind. Uh, I can't say any more than that. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, we've got a super chat from Michael here. Really appreciate that. Uh, singularity that Dow. Thoughts on this versus AGIX? What are your thoughts, Nick? Well, they're two very different use cases. Yeah, um, completely different. SDAO, a singularity net DAO, I believe is going to be potentially even more powerful for retail investors than people probably even believe. Uh, and again, this is something you know that even if I 
are also touching on uh, and hopefully they when they get their products across the line it's going to be fantastic and um, but basically what singularity net are trying to do is use artificial intelligence to give retail investors a bit of an edge when it comes to investing um and it's very very important stuff and this is exactly what evi are trying to do as well in terms of basically having your portfolios be rebalanced based on the artificial intelligence and machine learning right so um, i think it's going to be more of an interesting uh, argument to put up um, SDAO against EVI, right, and see which one, you know, uh, performs potentially better. And I think that's an experiment worth doing. Um, so, yeah, for me, I wouldn't be comparing SDAO to AGIX, two very different things, two different use cases. Uh, one is specifically focusing in on DeFi, and the other one is obviously focusing in on, well, pretty much everything artificial intelligence and general intelligence, right? Um, so two very, very important sectors, um, and they don't necessarily cross over. I mean, AGIX may cross over into a bit of DeFi at times, but I do think that uh, Singularity DAO is going to be a very, very a uh, big player in this space. Yeah, you know, one thing that I would add is um, SDAO is going to be leaning on uh, SingularityNet as well, right? They're going to be utilizing the the AI from from SingularityNet, and and that's going to be massive, right? Like the interview that we're going to have tomorrow is going to be a really interesting one when we do drop it. So um, we've got some really great questions, and the one thing that I, I do love about it is. Um, they're very much open to, yeah, just ask us anything, um, which is a, a unique position uh, for, for us in this space, right? Because a lot of the time people want to know what are the questions. You know, sometimes it's just because actually they, they want to prep for them, which is which is fine. And, and others, they come back and they're like, nah, we're not having the interview because we don't like the questions. Um, you know, and, and, and that's a shame. So that's one thing that I, I really do like about this one. It's going to be a really... Um, interesting interview and i think you know we're, we're going to delve into that ai side of things and um everything that they're looking to do and what the use case is and how it compares all these sorts of things that people are really interested in i think are going to be covered off in this interview so i'm i'm buzzing i know nick is because nick loves ai <laughs> you know i think it's a very important sector although it's you know terrifying certain aspects of it um it's a very very important um subject is important industry and it has such huge implications for for people all around the world and it's a very very important one so um yeah i'm super excited for uh singularity net dow and singularity net and just everything artificial intelligence in general and um, but chris um obviously there's been you, you've made a few changes right to memberships yeah i made a few <laughs> little we're, we're playing around right like let's let's just put that out there right <laughs> So um, we, we've changed the, I don't know, what do you call them, icons? Yeah, it's basically the membership icon, right? So we had uh, globes before, um, yeah. colored globes. Um, Chris wanted to change it uh, into, you know, to be, make it more of a point of, uh, you know, who's new. We can see that quite clearly with red and the word new. Um, and then obviously the month, that's how long people have actually been members for, right? So different colors and different uh, numbers that represent how long you've been with us. And I like the idea. Um, it's to me, I'm not sure if you can see it, Chris, but it's really hard to actually read. But um, let us know what your thoughts yeah. are, guys, on on what you think. Do you prefer uh, these or do you prefer the globes or do you fancy something completely different? Should we just continue playing around? Yeah, let us know. Um, always interested uh, and your feedback is much appreciated. This channel is uh, as much yours as it is ours, in a way. I'd say it's almost more theirs. I mean, they're subscribed yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, 
Super. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? Um, can we have a look at Algorand, Nick? This was one that you know we're invested in. We don't really give it that much airtime. Immense project. Yeah, we don't. We don't actually give it uh, too much airtime, just because uh, people just don't tend to actually watch the videos when we create them. Which is, um, mm. yeah, it's not Algorand's fault by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so yeah, cool. Let's um. Let's let me just delete everything off because it's all a bit old. We haven't looked at it for a while, so um, we can um, we can get into this a little bit. Cool. Let's let's jump on down. Okay, guys. Here we have Algorand or Algo to the USDT daily chart. Binance is the data source. Uh, I've completely cleared everything off of this one, so we can obviously see the the high point from Binance here. I'm not sure if this is the all time high, so it's probably not. But June of 2019. Uh, bottomed out here in March, obviously, right? So we can see exactly what's been going on here. Um, and again, guys, what we can do with this is uh, basically put on our, um, ba -ba -ba -ba, if I can find it, I think it's in here, this one here. We'll go for our five impulse waves. So we have one, we have two, three, four, down here, and then five would be up there. And again, this is just a daily. So again, we'll just throw that into the, uh, the weekly view zoom in here uh, and we can get a bit of a view as to how that is currently looking okay and again this gives you a bit of a flavor now uh what's interesting here is this cannot be uh an elliott wave okay and uh, for those who are unfamiliar a wave four cannot cross a wave one so we know this is a fake it's a fake out or shake out this is not an elliott wave so we know that's not what's going on here so again now we can take this one out of the equation and it's just taken out. Okay, so we know that's not what's going on. So we can rule that one out, which is always useful. Okay, next thing we're gonna do is throw on a Fibonacci. This time we're gonna take it from our point here down to our low point over here. Uh, and I'm just gonna get that right on the nose there. Okay, so again, we're still on the weekly at this point. Okay, and what we're looking for here is to basically enter the 618, the 702 and the 786, closing the candle above. So we're just gonna quickly go and draw on here our yellow rectangular box. And we're gonna go a little bit above the 786 and a little bit below uh, the 618. Okay, so there is our target area. Right? So that's the box that we want to get into and push on all the way through. Now with this um, Fibonacci extension, we'll go put it on the high point over here. We can see that we almost had a double tap at this point before having that correction come down to the downside. With this done, we'll go ahead and now throw this back into our um, daily view. So now we can see all of those kind of candles that are going on. We can see our box here and uh, we can see exactly what's been going on on the hour, uh, on the daily here, right? So with that being done, we can go ahead and throw those Bollinger Bands on. We can see that actually we're topping up the upper end here. So we are expecting a bit of a pullback according to the Bollinger Bands. We'll take those off for a second. We'll throw on those moving averages. And again, we can see how we have that 50 moving average just coming up across the top here and that 200 moving average just at the bottom here, looking to be basically riding that as a line of support. So again, good to know where they are. We'll just take those off and uh, we'll throw the volumes on here. And again, this is going to be something that's uh, really important as well, right? So as we are moving this to the upside, we can see this upward direction and obviously a downward direction here. Uh, what I will do is I'll quickly, before I actually get into the volume side of things, we're just going to head and draw these trend lines on. Again, these are not the best, but they'll do the job for illustration purposes. Uh, and we'll go to the upside here again. Cool. Let me just retract this one a little bit get this uh, up to about there. Uh, there we go. Okay, guys. So here we obviously have a few days where we're getting narrower narrower into our triangular wedge here. 
Um, and one of these trend lines will be stronger than the other. Right now, we only have two touch points on our downward trend, but three touch points on the upward trend. So chances are, from a probability point of view, that the downward trend, or sorry, the upward trend is a stronger trend, okay, with the downward one being slightly weaker. We can see that there. The other thing that we've got to bear in mind is whilst this price was moving up here, the volumes were dropping down, which meant that the sentiment for Algorand here is not very good. Um, ultimately, um, we're running out of steam as we're pushing the price up, which means we're going to get a reversal and have the pull back down. Now, where we are sat with this relative strength index at 50, there's a pretty decent amount of room to fall down into. So I imagine that we're going to start seeing an increase in volume that will be selling pressure as Bitcoin has a correction. The trick with Algorand here is going to be try to find support on this upward trend not to invalidate it. Because ultimately, we're in this crucial moment just here where we don't want to invalidate our upward trend. We want to push on through the upward trend, right? Uh, uh, push up through the downward trend. So right now, we want to see this sentiment in the market change, right? But chance Chances are that actually we're going to see an increase of selling volume as we have decreased our um, buying volumes. So right now where we are, we have a, the, the unfortunate event where we can pull this significantly down on our register strength index on this daily, and that will affect quite dramatically what happens here on our um, on our price. Now, with that being said, we'll take a look at this on the hourly because sometimes these can counter be uh, can be counterintuitive. Okay, so here is our triangular wedge. We know where we're heading. Uh, this is going to top out by about the 22nd of June. We'll know for sure which one of these is going to go, uh, which way is going to win. Um, so right now we are, you know, midway again, right? So again, this has got potential to fall right down from here. Um, volumes are insignificant at this point. So chances are that we are likely to find um, support on the way down. Now, just trying to find some reasonable areas. Um, and we'll quickly mark these up. And I'm going to leave these as horizontal rays on this journey. Okay, so we obviously have this area here. Okay, we have got this area here. We'll mark that. And we'll have obviously this area about here as well. Okay, so there's a few areas on this journey to the downside that we could find support. Um, so I'm pretty confident that we'll more than likely go down in the next kind of day or so. Uh, and we would like to find this as a support line. If it doesn't hold, then we'll fall down to here. By this point, I would like to think that we'd actually start to get some traction again. Okay, but there's obviously the possibility that actually you start to fall down here and you keep falling. Now, this is the crucial point where we start to want to see this breakout motion um, and then obviously have that motion to the upside, right? So really crucial that we watch uh, $1, 2, 99 cent and 96 cent. These are going to be the crucial areas of support. If these do not hold, then this down or upward trend here could be broken. We could break down from here um, pretty reasonably. I mean, it's strong, but it's not that strong if you go crashing through all of those support lines. So um, be mindful of that as we head towards the 22nd, um, as we are expecting, you know, to just slowly get our way out of this downward trend overall. Um, there are going to be um, corrections that are going to pull us down. And right now we have loads of room to the downside. The sentiment when it comes to Algorand isn't the best in terms of that volume and how it's been basically decreasing over time um, as we've been pushing the price up. So we can see that right here. What we'll do is we'll jump over uh, into our crypto assets here as well and get a bit of a view um, as to what is going on when it comes to Algorand. Uh, there, actually, it was just there, where is it? Um, blah, 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 Algorand. So we'll go ahead and create a dashboard for that, and then we'll open that dashboard up. 
what we'll do is um, actually grab those power factors. We want the Amihad, we want the fear and greed. We'll take the sharp, the moving average, the profitability and the peak end values. Okay, right, so here with Algorand, we can, um, yeah, so straight away we can see a few things, right? So liquidity is a problem, as is many of these altcoins at the moment. Um, grade D, right? So we know there's a liquidity problem. We can see that the fear and greed index is actually A1, so not very fearful at the moment, which is good. We can see that the sharp ratio here is grade D. So again, risk to rewards. Um, and again, the profitability um, is also very, very good, as is our um, you know, peak end value demand. So right now, from looking at the chart, we obviously are expecting a bit of a downward trend to appear. Um, liquidity is a bit of an issue here. We're starting to see that uh, potentially improve, I would hope. And um, we'll have to see how that one plays out in the next little while. Um, and obviously that's having an impact on your sharp ratio as well. Now the sharp ratio is starting to get a bit of a recovery. It's been its worst point over here. So it is starting to close that gap. And I think that's going to turn soon, which will be really positive. And obviously when we have to um, profitability, Algorand is still doing very, very well. And it is starting to increase again as per the price. So right now, um, everything in the market is generally turning, but there is something going on with liquidity on an awful lot of these coins and Algorand is the same uh, as many of them unfortunately so um, I think that's going to be the, the main factor on many of these issues uh, when it comes to these cryptocurrencies at the moment so uh, in terms of what I'm expecting here we'll hopefully find support on that journey to the downside uh, which I think will be coming um, and obviously we can see here um, it's not through fear it's going to be pretty much from uh, liquidity potential issues um, in terms of purchasing and it probably has a bit of an impact if we're being brutally honest with why this volume is so low um, and I think this kind of goes across the field with many of the, the projects today. There seems to be a bit of a liquidity issue on many of them. And I think that's potentially causing a bit of a bottleneck. So we'll have to see how that plays out as well uh, moving further forward. But yeah, Algorand, Chris, I'm kind of expecting a bit of a downward um, correction to happen in the next kind of 24 hours on the shorter term. If we can find a good support uh, on our upward trend, hopefully that will still be stable as we head towards the 22nd. And hopefully we'll have a breakout before then. Sounds good, Nick. Um, yeah, just kind of feel like they, they just need, I don't know, just a bit of uh, magic dust marketing or something along those lines. Um, yes, solid project. Yeah, sleeping beast potentially. Um, lots of people asking about Silo, Nick. Silo. Thoughts on Silo. Um, looking at Silo on, on the uh, charts as well. Yeah, I like Silo. Um, you know, it's, it has such potential, doesn't it, Chris? Mm, it really does. Um, so I can bring up the charts. It, obviously, you know, it, there isn't a huge amount I can really go on because it's really low market cap. Um, the technical analysis isn't the best. Okay. So you obviously have to have a lot more money into a project to give you a good solid, um, analysis, right? When there is insufficient money, um, or liquidity in a cryptocurrency, generally speaking it it will basically have these really huge volatile swings okay and uh, this is the daily chart right and we're using kucoin as a data source this is an example of what kind of happened here right so uh, if i zoom on out we can see that it has these kind of huge kind of swings right if we come down to the uh, beginning of the year here we obviously climbed up with many of these altcoins we had the pullback um, again, this is actually a really strong support line that's currently on right now. Um, but again, you know, there isn't a lot of information here. Not a lot of money is helping form good solid patterns. Um, we do obviously can see here, you know, what's gone up with uh, with this fat with the swings, right? But 
for every swing up, there's these kind of really sharp corrections to the downside. And this has been quite common when it comes to silo. Um, but that being said, you know, I do see this project actually getting momentum um, over the course of the next few years. And at these kind of prices, you know, this is just kind of like an accumulation kind of stage, as you've seen with many of these other cryptocurrencies over the years, right? Um, you know, back when Cardano was just a thought or, you know, um, where SingularityNet was and where XRP once was or Stellar once was. Um, you know, ultimately these low values, they, they don't stick around for too long. Um, but if you can find a project with good fundamentals, um, it has a really good solid use case um, and has, you know, a solid team that are really working hard to kind of deliver. Um, it's hard to not see this thing be, you know, something really big in the future. Um, so, I'm, you know, I've said this from the kind of the word go, it has the potential to be, you know, an absolute powerhouse. It has the potential to do some phenomenal numbers, you know, 100x, 1000x, etc. Um, but it does need to obviously have a, you know, a bit of time to kind of get a bigger market capitalization, get a bit more money behind it, so that it can you know, not be susceptible to such swings that it has had, you know, during the course of 2021. In the case of many of these um, micro cap coins, they're the first ones to get affected by these uh, kind of corrections with Bitcoin. Um, these are considered higher risk, so they get rolled out very, very quickly. Um, but ultimately, it uh, you know, if you're a long-term investor and you have uh, kind of that vision for it, then um, you know it's probably worth, at least in my opinion, um, investigating it further and potentially hodling for for a period of time. Um, I still think it's going to do well in 2021. You know, we obviously have a Fibonacci extension here currently indicating five cent area. Um, but I still think it has the potential to go much, much higher than that um, under the right circumstances. It just hasn't really had much of a chance so far um, during this year. I'm mean, not sure if you feel any differently, Chris. No, I feel the, I feel the same, Nick. It's it's one of those projects we, we, we said there was higher risk when we were getting into it. Um, we got into it, we saw, saw a bit of a pump off the, the back um, once we were in, which was good. I think we're retraced somewhere close to where we actually uh, invested, which is fine. I'm I'm, I'm not really too con concerned about any of this stuff. We always knew that, you know, with the size uh, of the or the volume into to the project that you know it was going to be volatile. Um, so yeah, not concerned. Solid project. Expect it to do really well. It's just one of those, isn't it? It's going to be uh, a more longer term. We've kind of always said this. Yeah, absolutely. Super. Okay. Um, just conscious of time, Nick. Um, there's somebody mentioned um, Harmony One uh, was attacked, um, so we can confirm that that is that is accurate <laughs> in the information that's there. Um, uh, it was a um, transactional uh, attack, um, sort of. Uh, utilizing i guess or playing on um the 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 really low fees for for transactions and and this this has hurt many validators and obviously we're a validator so obviously there's an element of cost for for us because of this um basically they they attempted to overload the network with uh, empty transactions um which increased the uh, amount of bandwidth that we have to use for for our servers uh, on the shards so yeah it has a big impact so when people are like oh no it's no impact and actually there is there's a lot of people that it's cost a lot of money uh, us included 
and that's fine you know we you know we signed up we knew what we were signing up to um but you know with that said there's nothing to worry about obviously harmony harmony system dealt with it you know really well uh, they put safeguards in place so this stuff can't happen again and this is part and parcel of this sort of technology right we're super early and people are you know i say bad people bad actors is probably the best way to describe them uh, are always looking for for new um ways to to manipulate systems uh break systems make money out of them um off the back of others and we've seen this with various other platforms flash loans uh is one that's been exploited right um but one thing that i would say is um for for the the day-to-day investor uh retail investor institutional investor uh there's there's no real impact for for any of you guys um but for validators yeah that was kind of painful right i think um yeah many validators got yeah got wrecked during that uh, particular (laughs) moment unfortunately yeah super but yeah i just wanted to touch on that because yeah um no no real concerns from the project side of things if anything it just shows how solid harmony one is um as a technology right um it it handled it really really well um okay uh xrp nick should we have a look at xrps a few people asking xrp uh we can do yeah sure um that or anchor or both and there's a few people asking for anchor as well do you reckon we could sneak to win uh what's the time what's on the timer chris let's see what we can do one hour and one. Oh, is that what we're on <laughs> yeah okay um okay yeah let's let's try for two let's see how we get on okay guys here we're going to start with evi for xrp okay um so what we're going to take a look at is the fear and greed index to start with this is actually a c1 rating um, so again here you can see how it's starting to get a bit of a pump here um, or get a bit of a correction um, it wouldn't be much of a surprise to say that uh, XRP was a bit susceptible to fear at the moment considering everything that's going on obviously Bitcoin's got its thing and it's affecting the market everyone's a bit scared that we're going in bear and obviously the SEC uh, are attacking Ripple so obviously there's going to be a, quite a bit of fear when it comes to XRP so I see you three rating it's not too bad um we'll see that potentially start to correct up to the upside soon as well here we can see liquidity is at a c2 so again not as affected as many of these other ones so um liquidity uh is pretty good when it comes to to xrp considering where everyone else is in the space at the moment it could be better of course uh, c2 is not the best rating so it could potentially be it could do with a bit of a boost there and i imagine that um you know everything that's going on stateside with uh, you know XRP not being listed, it also has a bit of an impact on that as well. And um, from a profitability point of view, it's doing really, really well. Uh, we obviously do have um, it's a home button. Let's reset that for a second. Uh, profitability for XRP here is an A1 rating. So again, it's doing very, very well. Um, so yeah, again, not too much to really talk about here, other than the fact that it's doing well from a profitability point of view, and the sharp ratio is being affected. Again, I believe this is going to be down to the liquidity related issue and the fear in the space so right now the uh, risk to rewards are um, below the red line and again i believe that is likely to start getting across soon and then obviously we'll start increasing um, the risk to reward ratio there and um, with that being said let's take a look at the chart so this is xrp to the usdt daily chart binance is the data source and again it's always good to zoom out if you don't know what's going on let's take a look at the bigger picture right um, here we can obviously see what's been going on since march 
we had the crash here, which was uh, courtesy of Clay. Uh, was it Clay? Clayton. 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 Jay Clayton. Um, yeah. yeah. So courtesy of that guy, uh, the the SEC the day before he leaves. Um, yeah. Kudos. Uh, obviously, here is in the pump and dump in February, I believe. Uh, again, just rising up and dropping it back down again. And then obviously we can see the rest of the price action kind of happening over here, which is cool. Now the next target is marked up here at two dollars seventy nine. If you didn't check that video out, it's on the channel. Um, go check it out. We talk about how to get to that next target and uh, why we think. $2.79 is the most logical next step for for XRP. Obviously, it has got some boundaries. It's got to move through first. We obviously do have our yellow box again, which we've kind of spoken about a few times on this stream. Uh, we basically talk about uh, the 618, the 702, and the 786. This is the, this area here. We want to not only enter this box, but we want to pass all the way through it by getting a closed candle above there, preferably a weekly closed candle above that line. Um, we should start to see XRP head towards that next target at $2.79. So pretty good stuff going on there. Now, what we're going to do is actually just take this down into our um, one hourly view. This time we can see the Fibonacci's come and join us. So we'll just zoom out a little bit here and make this a little bit bigger. Right, so straight away we can see that we have a, got a downward trend, we have an upward trend, and we obviously have a breakout moment here um, yesterday. Okay, so again, like we saw with uh, VeChain and a few of the other, these other altcoins, we had this breakout moment from our downward trend, which is fantastic. Obviously, today we've had a bit of a push to the upside. And again, we're resting right on top of support right now. So again, that's looking pretty good. Now, in terms of where we've corrected to, we've gone from overbought down to a pretty reasonable area here, 56. So again, that's not too bad either. We had good volume kind of coming in behind this particular spikes here um, and coming back down as we started to correct. So volumes are doing as expected there. And again, that sentiment is kind of in line with what you see from here and this AI driven fear and greed index at a C3. Not the best, but you can see here that the sentiment is not as bad as something like Algorand, for example. Okay, um, so with that being said, uh, we can obviously see where we're looking to move up towards. And we obviously have this upper area of resistance and we can see this here as well. We'll go ahead and just grab a horizontal rate and we'll just mark that on here. So here we can see that resistance area. And again, I can actually just pull it this way and you can see um, how many times we kind of come up to this zone, right? So we obviously have this wick over here. We have these wicks here coming down, finding it as a good area of support here before finding additional re uh, you know, resistance, right? Um, and again, like we were saying, there's a good support line just here. You can see it just where we are actually hovering this red line right now. Here you can see that we were coming up, finding resistance. We tested it as a support, failed to actually hold it, came down, and now we tested it as resistance, turning it into support once again. So again, if this continues, we'll be in a pretty good position there um, for XRP on the shorter term. But again, it's always important to understand where things are going from a bigger point of view, right? It's always good to know what's happening here and now, but sometimes actually as a longer term investor, it's important that we understand where things have been and where they are likely to go in the future. Obviously, we talk about that 279 as the first target. It's the first target of many on the road towards $16. So again, XRP has uh, well positioned to uh, basically you know, go through some of these extension levels on this Fibonacci, going up to $6 as the first price target, $9.90 as the second, $13.65 and then obviously $15.97. Again, this is one scenario of many scenarios for XRP. We could actually go ahead and lift this up a little bit higher depending on the best possible outcomes for XRP over the next you know, in the next few months or a year or so. This could see XRP with the first target being $25, $41, $57, or even topping out at $67. So there's some pretty interesting scenarios on the horizon here 
when it comes to XRP. But obviously, a lot of that stuff comes down to the fundamentals and things that are not yet inside this technical data. So right now, we obviously have you know, immediately within the technical data that we can see here, a maximum kind of range of $16. I like to think of this more as like a $13.50 area, and we'd like to see what happens as time progresses. But uh, if the SEC do, you know, settle and, uh, or even lose this case, you know, maybe even win, ultimately the, uh, the XRP itself is going to surge, and it's going to surge by a stupid amount. So pretty good stuff going to be happening here when it comes to XRP, no matter what happens with the SEC's lawsuit. Ultimately, we want uh, them to lose. Uh, we ultimately want uh, the SEC to lose this one so badly that they cannot go after other cryptocurrencies in this space. Um, because if they were to win, this would have a pretty dire um, you know, impact on many of these other cryptocurrencies. So it's important that, um, you know, the SEC do not win. Um, a, a settlement is kind of a win for, for the SEC, unfortunately. Um, and it might be something that Ripple do go down that route. But uh, time will sell for sure. Um, my expectations are that they probably will settle. I think you're aligned to that, Chris, aren't you? Yeah, we've kind of said this from, from day dot, right? As soon as this uh, was announced that it was going to, you know, have, have this lawsuit uh and they haven't let us down have they the sec they, it's almost like they don't want to win it's almost like they you know they, they heard what we were saying back then and uh they're like yeah they don't want to let the uh cheeky lads down uh let's just completely mess this all up <laughs> and give them what they, they they were saying so um yeah feel ultra confident with with this one maybe i'm a fool for feeling that way um i always remember um there were there were other influencers that kind of felt completely different. Uh, I think one of them described it as like the the parent and the child, uh, the SEC are the parent. There's no way the child is going to, you know, be able to get around the rules. Um, <laughs> obviously not mention any names, but yeah, no, I, I kind of, I, I just never have seen it that way. I've kind of felt like, you know, they've had plenty of time to, 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 to nip this in the bud if it was an issue. And uh, the timing was, was unusual. It was off. And uh, lots of you know conspiracy theories. I think you get that with everything these days. But yeah, I'm not necessarily signed up to, to any one of those. But for me, it was just yeah, the time, the timing was was off. They've had ample opportunities to to deal with it. If it was a problem um, regularly. Uh, you, you've seen Brad Garlinghouse and, and various other Ripple um, you know employees talking about the fact that they're regularly engaged with the SEC. Uh, they were openly talking about um, regulations and, and stuff for, for crypto. So, you know, you saw that way before any of this was was mentioned. And I know I know that obviously they had time. Uh, obviously, retail investors were, were the last to find out, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but I think we have run out of time, Chris. Okay. Uh, which is unfortunate. So we'll have to do anchor on the next one. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, it's been a very you know interesting stream. We've looked at a few things and um, hopefully you guys have found it useful and informative. If you have, then do go ahead and hit that like button for us. We both really do appreciate that. And of course, if you happen to be new to the channel and you'd like to stay up to date with the new cryptocurrencies, the hidden gems, the technical analysis and news, then do go ahead and subscribe. By subscribing, you'll be kept up to date with absolutely everything we do here. It is free. You'll stay well informed. So why not? Tap the bell and hit on all and you won't miss a single video. With that said, done and out of the way, guys, we hope you have a fantastic day, guys. We'll catch you in the next one. Yeah, take care.